Hey, podcast world. This is Soccer the Great with my brother, co-host, Dr. Pedro Beer. What's up, Pedro, man? Hey, what's up, guys? How y'all doing? What's going on? How you been handling this uh, staying home type of uh, uh, situation that we having, bro? Good, brother. I mean, doing, doing my best in my garage gym, you know, <laughs> trying as much as I can. But uh, I miss the gym. Hey, you guys. Here. I was able to, you know, we were able to swing by, kind of see each other from from a little bit of, from afar. It's like six right, feet right. away. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you gotta keep that that social distancing, you know. Hey, what's going on, Eric? EFN, our executive producer, the guy that's supposed to bring the beer, but this time around, George brought the beers. What's up, Eric, man? What's up, Guamilda? <laughs> hey, that's what she said. <laughs> what's going on? You good, bro? I'm good, brother. What's going on? How's the family? How's the family, man? Everybody's good, man. Don't act like you're not just below me right now. <laughs> <laughs> he's, on, he's on the first, on the second floor, people. Hey, we like up here. He's down here. We're just keeping the social distancing away, you know. And uh, we had our sick assistant security producer, Tiff. She's like around here someplace. Hi, Tiff. And she's the one that keeps everybody like communicating and in touch with everything that's going on. And Pedro, tell them what we at. Tell them what we at, man. What is this? Tell them what is this, this, bro. You're an awesome hype, man. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, man. Welcome to another Beer Fest Fridays. We talk about CrossFit and beer. Cheers, everyone. Cheers, my people. Cheers. We got Laz. We got Laz Alpro with us. Welcome, brother. How's it going, man? Good. Welcome, good, Laz, good. my brother. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. So, Laz is an athlete. Out of CrossFit Soul Miami, uh, we got a chance to talk a little bit last time with um, Soul's production that they, they pretty much put on. I mean, that was pretty cool on my part because I got to see, you know, kind of outside looking in picture of basically like the way a, a community works in, in CrossFit is like all these people that you know and care about. And then, you know, you haven't seen them in a long time because you haven't been able to go into the gym. And then you guys were just so happy to see each other. And I don't know, you know, if maybe before you guys had seen each other in, in certain circles, but that one, it seemed like everybody kind of came together and that was pretty cool. So yeah. welcome, Laz. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'd like to think of, uh, and, and not just me, uh, I would say it's, it's, it's a shared thought or mentality in the gym. It's that CrossFit Soul is a family. And uh, I personally haven't seen anybody in a few months now in person. So it was very nice to get together and have that, uh, that jam session with some of our guys playing, guys and girls, I guess I should say. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was very nice. And I appreciate you guys coming out as well. Uh, thank you. Thank you to um, Sean, Saul, and also Frank and Danny for uh, inviting us last time. And I'm meeting uh, most of the clientele and the same, the same thing that you that, uh, and I'm sorry that uh, Pedro said that, um, you know, it was fun to actually not only see the entire Soul family in there uh, mingling and, and listening to great music by Carlos, by uh, uh, Luana. Um, and um, it, it was fun, entertaining. They even have prices going on. Even uh, Eric, uh, um, he actually gave out a uh, Colombian white, a Colombian white bread uh, giveaway. Thanks for that, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> but um the good thing i, I mean the, one of the best thing about it was that um you could see the uh the friendship and the need to um have you know to be together with, with people that you actually been working out for for a long time how long you been working out la uh, last um i would say about five years during my college days and then i didn't work out for about another f uh, four years or so uh, as soon as I graduated college, life got crazy, uh, baby on the way eventually and, and, and starting my career. Uh, but then I, I went back and when, and before I used to do, uh, just typical weightlifting at the gym, uh, when I was in college. But, uh, when I came back, I want to say it was around 2013 and my reintroduction into exercise was CrossFit. Uh, it was at a different gym uh, prior to CrossFit Soul, but I've been at Soul now for about four years, I'd say. Really? Damn, that's a good amount of time. What made yeah. you go into CrossFit? Like, um, what actually made you like try CrossFit? Because like, like you, 
me and Pedro and and and, and Eric and um and many people out there, we started, you know, in those commercial gym, you know, lifting yep. weight. But then uh, something actually, you know, made us going to CrossFit. What was your like your invitation or or your your goal to actually go into CrossFit? Uh, initially, I remember towards the end of my studying, um, I had already stopped going to the gym because school was really hectic uh, and I was working full time. So I just had no time. Um, but I would, I regularly used to study at a, at a Starbucks that for whatever reason, I'd always see people with CrossFit shirts going in and out. And uh, <laughs> I started looking up what CrossFit was and I saw those workouts and I said, man, that, that, that scares me. To be honest with you, though, when you know, I was I was just fat and overweight, and at the time I had high blood pressure, and seeing the nonstop intensity and and the movement, and and it it just seemed to me outrageous, and so seeing that was scary. But I tend to like things that look scary and that freak me out, and so I it definitely intrigued me. And so when I went back to exercise, I said I gotta try this CrossFit stuff. It's probably gonna kill me, but you know what? I gotta check it out. And there was one close to my house at the time. Um, and it was, it's, a, it's a pretty, or it was a pretty big gym. Uh, everybody knew about it at the time. So, you know, I said, Oh, you know, I know it's, this is a big gym. It's close to my house. So why not check it out? And I was hooked right away. Um, I would say that by nature, um, I gravitate towards people in general. I like group settings. I like teamwork. I like all that stuff. There's people that shy away from it. I'm the opposite. Uh, and as you guys know, <clears throat> CrossFit is a very community centric uh, type of environment. And so as soon as I right. showed up to CrossFit and I saw that it was hard, uh, that, you know, it made me want to push harder. So it made me want to stick around from that regard. But then also at the same time, seeing the close, the, the tight knit community that there was at the gym I was at at the time, uh, made me just cemented me sticking around and made sure I stuck around and I really enjoyed it. And everybody holds each other accountable. You see the same people, you develop friendships and that's what just kept me going. Nice. Um, have you ever competed or, or actually kind of one of your goals have the idea of competing or going out there and doing those yeah. stuff? I've competed two or three times. Uh, way back in the day, I competed in the Crush Games hosted by I Am CrossFit. Um, I've done some regular competitions just at the gym. You know, the, the stuff we do for fun at the gym where we invite uh, CrossFit so where we invite people from the outside also, but uh, it, it's hosted at our gym. Most of the people from our gym end up doing it. Uh, I've done a couple of those competitions. It's fun. Um, but I have certain limitations with range of motion and just the way my joints are built and stuff like that, that it's going to be very, very hard for me to ever be good. And I just said, you know what? I'm just going to do this for fun. So, so I mean, I'll still compete for fun, but it's never with any aspiration to make it to the CrossFit Games or do any of that stuff. Uh, I've also seen how um, CrossFit Games athletes train, and I'm telling you right now, it's not fun. <laughs> It's not fun. <laughs> like eight hours a day. It's a job. It's, man. They look miserable. I mean, yeah. they well, like what they, they like what they do. I'm not right, going to say right. they don't, but you see this grueling right. training day in and day out and mentally right. it wears you out. I don't care who you are or how much you like yeah. it. It's not about liking it or not. It's just, it wears you out. Yeah. No, and now right? that they, they are home, I'm sorry, Pedro, to cut you off. And now that they are home, I follow a few of, the, of those top athletes and they are doing like three or four workouts a day. Like usually they'll do like two or three, well, two or two workouts you know, during the day. Um, but now that they're home, they're like, you know, you see them posting like three or four workouts, five workouts. Like, they, I did this in the morning. I did this uh, in this time. I did this at uh, this other time. And it's like, you know, ongoing working and working out, you know? Well, at, at, uh, as, as you guys probably know, at Seoul, there's, there's quite a few uh, games caliber athletes that train there. And when it starts yeah, getting yeah. close to the games, you see their intensity of training pick up and it, 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 it without exaggeration and not even including warm up and stretching or any range of motion work or anything like that. Actual workout time is easily six hours a day. Plus Whoa, stretching, crazy. condition, just, just everything else they have to do. Going to see somebody to stretch them out, to, to give them, to do all of their, all of the, the preventative PT type stuff that they do, you know, to, to recover. Right. When you factor all that in, it's probably 10 hours a day. Yeah. yeah. Full-time job for sure. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you know, like, you know, you're an accountant, right? Yeah. Like everything that you have to do with work, for example, if you have to commute to your office, not right now, obviously, but you know, an hour commute here and back, that's easily 10 hours all the prep stuff, all the, you know, getting ready and all that stuff. It's, but I would say the most impressive sure. thing is that some of these games caliber athletes that train at Seoul 
also have 40 hour a week jobs. They may That's not have kids. Impressive. Somebody's got to give. They don't have kids and they're not married. But you know what? But they still work full time and they still somehow manage to train enough to be games level athletes. Matter of fact, I can tell you, uh, I know a couple of them that are nurses. Um, and one of them just so happens to be the fittest guy in Nicaragua. And he's a nurse working right. full time. And he is an incredible athlete. And we have a lot of those. We have another nurse works full time nursing and he's a beast of an athlete too. So, so I don't know how they manage to somehow train enough to be that good, but still hold the job and still somehow eat and cook and do everything else in between. So it, it, it's a lot. It is a lot. And you definitely have to love it. But I think even if you love it, sometimes they may get to the point when you're training those long hours uh, that you question what the hell you're doing. Oh, for sure. For sure. <laughs> right. I, think that's, I think the difference for a lot of those athletes that they have that mentality that the, the long-term reward is – that's that's their goal and that's what makes them kind of feel good and for a lot of people i mean myself included it's you know even those short-term um those short-term kind of like uh pleasure place in your brain where it's kind of like you know i'm gonna have a a a beer and hang out with with the folks is that's that's within my own goals within crossfit it's okay to do that you know what i'm saying like for them it's kind of like i'm gonna dedicate you know, hundred percent of my effort into this. And obviously you have to work and, and do your job, but at the, in the long run, if they're able to achieve their goal or be able to do whatever it is that, that they want to do, um, that's, what's going to make them happy, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so picking up on, on what just Pedro said, um, last, one of the reasons that, that, that we, we have you here that we invited you in is because like, like Pedro said, you are a CPA, correct? Yep. And, um, well, well and, number um, one is that he he he, he loves beer, and then two, he's pretty, <laughs> yeah. he's pretty knowledgeable on the. Yeah, tell him what you're drinking before before I, I actually go into the whole thing. Tell him what you're drinking, then tell him what you're drinking. So I'm drinking here uh, a beer that I got on Taver. If you guys don't know what Taver is, check it out. It's this app uh, you can download. You get beer from all over the country, even the world, but mostly U.S. based beers. Uh, from small breweries. This particular one is called Mas Lenta, and this is a tequila barrel aged golden sour ale. And this is the brewery is Jessup Farm uh, Barrel House, and they're based out of Colorado. Uh, it's actually it's actually an excellent beer. It's a it's a sour, um, and it's 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 clearly sour, uh, but it doesn't have a very pungent fruit taste. Um, so I like it. It's good. It's good. This is actually, I, I, I had this bottle. I had never had this before. I usually, when I buy from Taver, I'll buy one or two bottles of many things. So a lot of times when I open a bottle, I've never had that beer before. So this particular one is really good. Great. Great. Listen, great to hear that. Um, and, um, you know, we actually invited you in because you're a CPA and, um, and I know that in this time that we are, we're going through this, this time in the, not only in the, in the United States, but in the world, um, um, there's a lot of businesses, uh, small businesses that are actually having a lot of problems, a lot of trouble. But we are, I guess, lucky enough that living in the United States of America, we are, are, are being provided with help by the government. But this type of um, help actually, I, I don't want to say that it has a lot of red tapes, but it has a lot of procedures to actually be able to, um, to get tape. the funding. <laughs> <laughs> to get the funding um, that the government is advertising. And um, I know there's a lot of businesses out there that do not know, small businesses that do not know how to go about the process yep. of, actually, of actually applying for, for funding, for further funding to, to actually um, get those loans. And, and, and what I, from what I heard, most of those loans are forgiven. As, 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 mm-hmm. And we're going to get into that if you actually are, are, are have um, workers and all kinds of stuff or, 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 or you have certain qualifications that you are able to, those loans are, uh, can be forgiven and all kinds of stuff. But it's a way to actually just give you a couple of cash so you can keep your small business going. And that's what mm-hmm. I, um, we invited you in. And I know Eric um, um, has a little, a little knowledge in this. And, and with your knowledge and, and Eric's knowledge, we, we want to provide those small businesses and, and more those CrossFit, you know, places out there that are, that are having a hard time, how to go about 
um, the whole process, okay? So I don't know how we're going to start this, you know, because I'm not a, that good about business, but... Uh, I feel like the irresponsible one, because I was like, yo, this guy loves beer. And you're like, hey. hey. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that, <laughs> man. Hey, you can love no, beer no, or be good no, at whatever no, you do, all right? There's nothing irresponsible no, no, about no. Hey, Sorry, hey, we're not like machines, we man. Podcast. We're not machines, we're man. We're human, and we like to have a good time. Doesn't mean you're yeah, not good. The good, thing, no, and the good thing is that, um, you know what, we, we, we could learn. But like you know, we could enjoy our beer, and we could just just kind yeah. of be like a, a little chatting type of thing, relaxing, yep. and, and sometimes <laughs> you actually learn more by having a couple of drinks, relaxing, than being sitting there like, oh, okay, okay, this, this, and that. But you know, you relax, yep. you have a couple of drinks, and you learn more about what is the process. Let me ask yep. you the first question, last. Last, I know that um <laughs> that um that the process is long. The process is is is. Some, some, for some people, intimidating from what, I, what I, I, I've heard. And, and it's kind of long, intimidating, and, and people don't actually know how to surface, how to go into that, you know, you know like surfing, like, you know, how to go into it. So what is the first thing you, you should, like, So first, first and foremost, first and foremost, I want to say, I'll speak to you. I've helped two different companies get these loans myself. Um, but I want to say before anything, I'm not an authority in this, although I'm a CPA. None of us are But yeah, yeah but, but yeah. for the listeners, I want to make it clear, yeah. right? So I can, sure. talk, I can talk about my experiences and what's worked for me and what's worked with the com- for, for the two entities that I've helped get these loans. Um, but, but it's not the end all be all, right? Uh, I would say for, first and foremost, um, you need – so at the end of the day, these are loans given by the SBA. Uh, and, and I'm sorry, I'm, let me back up a little bit. I'm, sp- I'm talking specifically about the Paycheck Protection Program the or the PPP, right? right. So that's a, a loan that's given out by the SBA. However, uh, the SBA leverages the manpower of pretty much every single uh, insured uh, bank in the country right. to be able to process these applications because there's so many com- there's so many companies applying out there that, that no one entity has enough manpower to handle all these applications. So uh, the intermediary here are all the banks. You pick the bank and they pretty much every bank is doing it. Now that said, I will say that the f- most important thing is start with the right bank. Now, what do I mean by that? Um, if you're a, if you're truly a small business, and I'm not talking about a small business, a quote unquote small business that makes uh, a billion dollars in revenue, but somehow you're still considered a small business, which like there are businesses. You're talking about a mom and pop. Our legit mom and pop. If you're a legit mom and pop, in my opinion, you do not need to be banking with a J.P. Morgan Chase or a Bank of America or a Wells Fargo or any of those guys. Why do I say that? It's not because they're bad. It has nothing to do with that. It's no, because at, it's at, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you are going to, in any business, I don't care who you are, and taking all feelings out of this and just speaking strictly business, you're going to service the customer that's going to give you the most ROI, period. So it's, you're at, talking about like a more of a boutique experience with a smaller bank. That's exactly right. You're going you're gonna to get the, the, the neighborhood type of hand-holding experience if you go to a small bank and you're a mom and pop. You're going to get that same type of experience at a big bank if you have a billion dollars in deposits. You're, you're right. right? Last, so, I'll give yeah. you, uh, you know, a, a, a personal experience here real quick to speak on what, exactly what you're talking about. So I bank with Wells Fargo. I'm a true mom and pop type, you know, small business. It's two employees. I have three, but one is overseas. And currently, uh, CSN, um, is it CSN? Uh, whatever, either way. Uh, basically, I give them a call, and they were willing to open up an account for me right away. I, I called them up, spoke to someone right away. And, of course, their goal is to get, to get my money. I mean, I'm, it's to, to dr- take it away from Wells Fargo, put it into their coffers, uh, and use that money in order to grow themselves. But, I mean, that, that speaks exactly to what you're talking about. Me as a small business, super small business, even though I hold a significant amount of money in terms of, it's a real estate business, so there's a lot of security deposits, there's a lot of, uh, there's a real estate trust and an operating account, which is the smallest one, <laughs> as far as numbers go. <laughs> for now, for now. For now, for now. Yeah, um, you know, and that's, that's definitely what it is. So, exactly what you're talking about, I experience. Yeah. And before... Yeah, and- 
Sorry, before you keep going, and this is a, a fear that I've had and a, and a question you're kind of answering right now is you've always thought of the bigger banks to be like fail proof versus a smaller bank being more vulnerable. So is that not the case? Um, I would say it ends up boiling down to the amount of capital that they have. Um, like if you go to Jose Marti Banking and... So the thing is, you're talking about you're ta you're you're talking you're talking about fail proof. What I look at fail proof, uh, or what I would define as fail proof, is whether or not I think the bank is going to go bankrupt, or you know whether or not they have enough cash to fulfill all withdrawal requests that they may get at any given time. That's right. what I consider fail proof, which is not necessarily tied to what we're talking about with the PPP. Um, but in regards to fail proof. Um, no, I would think that every bank, so the FDI, and, and I'm not a bank guy, but I would tell you that the FDIC or uh, the federal agency that ensures all banking deposits, they have, and banking regulation has certain requirements of the amount of liquid cash a bank needs to maintain on hand to fulfill any withdrawal requests as a ratio of deposits that they actually have, right? So if a bank has a billion dollars in deposits, Let's say that would be a small bank, by the way. But if a bank has a billion dollars in deposits, they have to, they don't necessarily have to have all that cash in the bank, right? Banks make their money by giving loans and charging interest for those loans. And the cash that they end up blending out when they give those loans is your deposits and my deposits. Right. So although they have potentially a billion dollars in deposits, it does not necessarily mean that all that cash is sitting in, in, in a room somewhere. That cash is loaned out to a bunch of people. However, the banks are required by federal regulations to keep, and I don't know what the number is, but to keep a certain percentage of total deposits liquid and available to give out to people should they come and want to withdraw. So I would say that the risk is the same across the board. I wouldn't say that bigger banks have less of a risk to fail because they're big. Uh, because with bigger banks also comes bigger deposits, but also comes bigger withdrawals and comes bigger loans that they give out. And those bigger loans can also default. And so they have a bigger default problem. So I wouldn't say, I would say everything scales, right? So if you're a small bank, yeah, you have less in deposits, but your withdrawals from customers are also less. Your deposits are also less. The loans you give out are smaller. If you're a Bank of America, it's not uncommon for you to give out a billion dollars in loans to a company. Um, obviously, to a bigger company, but to a company, that's not, a, that's not unheard of at all. Uh, whereas that billion dollars in loans Bank of America gave out to somebody could be uh, the total deposits by a smaller community bank. <laughs> so so I, would say, I would say that there's not more or less risk. So circling back to what we're talking about, you think that those smaller banks are going to be easier to deal with for a mom and pop small business in terms of getting these SBA loans? Right? In terms of anything, in terms of the SBA loans. And once all of this eventually blows over, and I hope to got it soon, um, you know, when, if, if you want to get just a regular line of credit just for operating, forget this pandemic just to operate your business. When things go back to normal, you want a line of credit? Um, it's going to be easier for you to get that when you're working with a smaller bank because if you're a small business, your line of credit is not going to be a $100 million line of credit, right? right. It's going to be, I don't know, $100,000, even right. $500,000, but it's not going to be huge. So a uh, bank like Bank of America or JP Morgan or any of these big guys, and again, it's not a bad, I, I don't want it to sound like I'm shaming these big banks because I'm not. It's just I'm, strict, I'm speaking strictly business. These big yeah, banks. Yeah, the scale of the business versus the scale. Exactly. A $100 million loan to, or sorry, a $100,000 loan, which is maybe what a mom and pop would get. I mean, it depends, but it's that's a, a reasonable loan. It's a lot to most of us. Let's just say that. It's a lot to most <laughs> of us. But to a JP Morgan or a Bank of America or Wells Fargo, et cetera, that's not even a rounding error. So for them to spend the time, the administrative time to go through all the loan documentation and all of that stuff and the risk of, of, uh, of their, the, the person that they lend to uh, defaulting on a loan, all of that stuff, it's not, it's not worth the risk the same way that uh, these, $500 million, these $500 million loans are worth, right? So every person has a finite number of hours in a day to work. It's what it is. You have a finite number of hours in a day. To, to, there's just 24 hours in a day. So at the end of the day, you're going to spend your time where there's the most ROI. For a small bank, that could be the $100,000 loan. For a large bank, that's going to be the $500 million loan, right? right? So it's just a matter of banking with an organization that, that values your business uh, and that is willing to spend the time in holding your hand and helping you out. 
And for a mom and pops, that's not going to be a big bank usually. And I, I was, uh, I want to back up a little bit. I was director. I was a treasurer for a, a fairly large company down here in South Florida. And, um, I want to say at any given time we had, uh, three to $500 million in deposits. And, um, it was very hard for us to get the attention of bank of America. So if you're a mom and pop with even, let's say a million dollars in deposits, which is pretty nice when you're a mom and pop, you're definitely not going to get their damn time, you know? And again, it's not bad. Just at the end of the day, they have a finite number of, of employees, finite number of hours in a day to work. And so they're going to address their clients that are going to give them most money. Yeah. Now, let me ask you, when it comes now down to the SBA loans that you said that they're using these banks, are they all pulling from the same funds provided by the government or are they from their funds no 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 so at the end of the day these banks cheers. are just acting as <laughs> cheers these banks are just acting as uh paper pushers right no, and, no. and they're getting a commission it's kind of like it's kind of like if you got a mortgage on a house right you go see a mortgage broker that guy's not personally lending you the money he's filling out all the paperwork he's making sure that he gets all the required documentation and he's pushing all of that paper to the bank that's actually going to process your loan and either approve or deny your loan that's right. all they're doing. You should think of this exactly the same way. These guys are making sure that all the documentation is in line, that everything makes sense. They're, they're, they're just reviewing all the documents to make sure what you're saying makes sense. And then they're pushing all of this stuff to the SBA, the determination to get the loan or not. And this is from me speaking to the bank directly in, in getting these loans approved is not in the hands of the bank is in the hands of the SBA. The banks are just putting all the paperwork together, putting it in a nice bow and sending it to the SBA and saying, here, look at this. I think these guys are good to go or I think they're not. What do you want to do? At the end of the day, it's the SBA that's giving the seal of approval to give a loan or not. And the funds come from the SBA. They do not okay, come from the yeah, bank. That's what I was, okay. Yeah. And what's, what's the difference between the, is it the EDL? What's it? The emergency... What was the other loan? So there's, yes, there, there, there is a, an economic disaster loan. Right. Um, it's a disaster relief loan uh, and that's a bridge loan. And it's different from this in that that loan is not forgiven or there isn't a possibility for it to be forgiven, I should say. Whereas the PPP loan, if you meet certain criteria, you can apply to have the loan forgiven. It's still at the end of the day up to the SBA, whether they forgive it or not. Um, but right now the understanding is, is for example with a PPP loan if you use at least 75% of that loan if you get the loan and you use at least 75% of it for payroll you submit uh, all the required documentation to support that that's what you did uh, then they are supposedly going to be forgiven uh, in oh, good good nice yeah it's awesome it's awesome uh, it at the end great. of the day it's free, at the end of the day it's free money um, however when it comes to the, the the loan that you're referring to the economic disaster recovery loan um, that is strictly a loan that at the end of the day you have to pay back uh, so so there isn't it's not as friendly it's not as friendly of a loan I don't know what the interest rate is but I am damn sure it's going to be higher than the PPP loan at the end of the day if the PPP loan is not forgiven the interest rate is only 1% which is unheard of um, and you don't have to make payments for six months, which is also great. So the PPP loan is the way to go. But at the end of the day, if you can't get that or, or if you still need more money or whatever the case is, and you have to go for the other one, you know, it's, it's another tool in your tool belt, right? You can, it's another loan you can apply yeah. for, but it's not going to be as sweet of a loan. Now I want to say one other thing that I actually was reading about today that I think, uh, the word came out from the IRS on this just today. So I don't even know if you guys know about it. Um, so you guys all, all have your own companies and you know, at the end of the year, your company's revenues are offset by your company's expenses when it comes right. to your taxes. Sure. Well, to the extent of, let's say you get a PPP loan to the extent of the PPP loan. So let's say you get a $50,000 PPP loan and let's say your let's say your business has a hundred thousand dollars in revenue and $75,000 in expenses. So you really made 25 grand. Let's just say. But let's say you got a fifty thousand dollar PPP loan. For the purposes, well, uh, for the purposes of your taxes for twenty twenty, uh, you will not be able to deduct the full seventy five thousand dollars in expenses. You will only okay. be able to deduct 
your expenses less your PPP loan, which in this sure. case would be twenty five thousand dollars. Which wow. we may not like it, and we may be pissed about it, it's but like the reality paying, paying it back. No. Exactly. Honest, I mean, at the end of the day, because you need the money now. I mean, at the end of the day, if you wanna, if you wanna be, yeah, exactly. If you wanna be honest about it and you want to take emotion out of it look at the end of the day you spent seventy five thousand dollars but the reality is fifty thousand dollars of it was a gift right. so you really only re you really only spent twenty five grand in expenses so you can't tell me that at the end of the year it makes sense for you to take the full seventy five thousand dollars to reduce your income right so it, 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 we may not like it and i've seen some headlines that say the irs is raining on people's parade i i, I think that that's just that's new fair. sensationalism you know, that's just people wanting yeah. to point the finger at the IRS. I think it's fair. But the reality is that's what's going to happen, right? So if yeah. you guys got a PPP loan or you're trying to get one, just understand that at the end of the year, you're not going to be able to deduct all your expenses like you typically would. Right. Even, uh, even I like, agree. like I, I, for, so go ahead, go ahead, Pedro. No, I was, I was just going to say, I, I think maybe people sometimes compare to maybe some of the larger corporations that are taking some loans that are being bailed out a certain, to a certain extent that they may not have those same stipulations. Whereas some of the smaller businesses, they're putting a lot of stipulations, you know? So if you compare it like that, obviously those bigger businesses as a whole, you know, bring in a lot more money. It's like too big to fail. Like for, yeah, we can get into theories, conspiracies or non or whatever, but at the end of the day, those big corporations, those big businesses, they have to get bailed out because if not, it tanks our economy if they don't. And then they have all kinds of, you know, loopholes and ways that they don't have to pay a lot of this stuff back. Cause it's basically, they're like an extension of our federal, you know, government, pretty much. Yeah. 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 And that's, that's all I'm saying as far as, you know, you know, what some people might be saying, you know, it's not necessarily the IRS, it's the government as a whole and how, it, it, money works. I mean, you know, obviously you follow money. That's, um, that's where the first, that may I'll, come from. I'll be the first to say that, uh, you hear about certain big companies. Well, I say, I say big because compared to a mom and pop, it's massive. Uh, yeah. but certain, certain companies getting, being able to qualify for these PPP loans and taking 10, 20, $30 million. When you have a small mom and pop asking for a, for $50,000 and they can't get, get it. it. Right. Exactly. So I think to me, excuse my French, but that's bullshit. hundred percent. Yeah. But at the same time, I try to look at all angles, right? And I say, okay, so at the end of the day, all of these politicians, they probably have an agenda, 100%, absolutely. But I also understand that to an extent, uh, th these are human decisions being made. And also to another extent, uh, these are decisions that were pretty much made. Everybody was shooting from the hip. Like nobody that's alive right now has dealt with anything this like that. unprecedented, yeah. So sure. there's not a rule book for how to deal with this kind of shit. So right. at the end of the day, everybody, and, and we needed to act fast in how we started giving out these loans. You couldn't and wait a bunch three of months. You couldn't yeah. make three months because if you yeah. wait three months, half the businesses are under. So you had to figure out a way to just a quick and dirty to get start getting money out. So right. do I think that to some degree, maybe there's politicians out there that knew what they were doing and they just wanted to let it out to help their friends? Sure. But I also think that there's potentially the, the politicians out there that just made the best decision they could in a very limited amount of time and just to get money out and it backfired. Yeah, I think that too. You know, I think at the end of the day, we had to act fast. You can't wait six months to get a very nice, tied up, perfect uh, uh, bundle uh, rule book on how it is you get these. You can't. We didn't have time for that. So I think that certain companies getting it is bullshit, but I also understand that we had to do the best we could in a very limited amount of time. So, you know, I think that there's both. I think there's people that took advantage and I think there's people that genuinely tried to do their best and they, you know, it wasn't perfect. Um, did, did any of you guys on here get anything in terms of the, that advanced money? Like, for example, I got a thousand dollars because I put my, the one employment employee, which was me for my company. So I got the, the, the $1,000 for the, when I applied really, it was originally it was only the, the emergency disaster. Okay. But then now they shifted and they're saying now the PPP is, is the way to go. I don't, but in the, so, the first thing they had that you could apply for was the EDL. Yep. Yeah. They, they so to answer your question, Eric, from as far as for me, <clears throat> so I did hear of when the first, when the loans came out originally, if someone would have told me, <laughs> 
This one is, you know, definitely how to read through it. I had to read through, you know, a lot of stuff in order to even get to that point. For me, I set my eyes on the PPP loan because even if it was like a thousand dollars initially right away, no, it was um, supposed to be ten thousand, but then they actually changed the language from mm -hmm. up to like before it didn't say up to ten thousand. Before the gotcha. because when they passed the bill, like he was saying, they were just pushing shit through and kind of right. thinking about it and figuring it out after the fact. Okay. So when they, I'm talking about, I've been, I was on it right when they were even discussing the bill before it got signed, before they even pushed it through the site. And, yeah. and, they, and they were saying they were giving 10,000 advance, whether you were approved or not for the loan. Hmm. Then they changed gotcha. that language afterwards for up to 10,000. And it was a thousand per employee that you put yeah. in. But before that wasn't the language. And then I gotcha. ended up getting a thousand dollars. And then I had another friend that he had ended up, he had three employees. He put three employees. He got $3,000. Yeah. Yeah, no. So I, I saw the different ones and I, it, it was after the fact when I actually started getting the information saying that apply for different ones. Um, so I guess when I first heard about the different possibilities, whether it was immediate relief or in the form of loans, I honed in on the PPP loan because one, I could keep my employees on payroll. Right. And two, it was forgivable. So it seemed like the larger amount. After the fact, I was like, okay, maybe I should apply for others. And then by that point, it was like, you know, it's almost like the, the money was gone already. So um, still for me, it was, it was more about the PPP. It was the difference between a thousand dollars and but you didn't you did not apply right because you know they they're no. they've approved a whole other round of funding for it exactly i heard that for that. for the, the immediate for yeah, yeah. yeah i think for no PPP, yes I, but that's what i put my eggs in i guess but you already did it and you 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 went through with it because it's basically a queue that supposedly they have people in correct correct yeah no no i continued with that Okay. I, but I didn't go back to the one that you're talking about, which is the grant. Right. Um, which is just basically here's some money right now. Right. I heard, I don't know if, it's, if I'm right. I heard that for those people that did not get um, the PPP in the first round, now with this new funding that they have, I, I heard that it was a that's, half a million dollars. Yeah, it's been for like the last, like, uh, I think. They already the approved a week. week. Waiting a week or so. Yeah. yeah. Right. yeah. That, that if you applied, and your application is already in through your bank, like last was saying that, you know, maybe your bank processed it already. And if it's there, that you might not have to apply again, that since it's there, then they'll look into it and then they'll decide whether you can get loans or you can well, get a loan. There. That's, that's exactly my, 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 my understanding. I mean, it's the same program. They just got more money in the same program. So right. the same applications still stand. Yeah. Yeah, they basically yeah. just stopped the line because there was no more funding. And then once the yep. funding comes in, it's like, okay, let's start again. Let's yeah. So you yeah, don't have so to reapply. You don't have to reapply. So what you might have to do is apply with different people. So it's not just one application, let's say to like the SBA. No, it's you apply with whoever that middleman is, like Laz was saying, whether mm -hmm. it's this bank or this bank or this bank. But it's all the um, so same, though. It would all be the same. I, I wouldn't recommend anybody go applying crazy to different places. Yeah, again, I think to me the most important thing, if you're a mom and pop, is the smaller, most obscure bank, that's where you need to go. The bank that nobody has ever heard of in their life, as long as they're insured, obviously, as long as they're yeah. a legitimate bank and they're fully FDIC insured, et cetera, go to that bank. So go to the Coconut Grove banks, go to the Apollo banks, go to the Marquee banks. These what banks about the space, space Coast? Is that a, you consider that? Yeah, space yeah, I, I believe, I believe right they're doing it as well. Yeah, I believe they're doing it as well. So go to the smaller banks because at the end of the day, Look, you hear these stories that I'm sure you guys have heard of them, that Wells Fargo and Chase was prioritizing applications for the loans that were coming there, the, the applications for loans for millions of dollars, right? And again, that's me going back to saying, what, where is your time best spent from an ROI perspective? Your time is best spent if you take all the emotion out of it. Your time is best spent on, the, on processing the loan for $10 million than the loan for $10,000, 
And okay. I get it. You can't get be it. mad at them. They're big. You can't so get mad. Big. You can't get, they're big. They have big clients. The big yeah. clients get bigger loans. And it's what it is. So you need right. to go to the little guy because that's the guy that's going to help you. At the end of the day, the two loans that I was able, well, not for one entity, but the two entities I was able to help with the PPP loans uh, was, I'm not going to name the bank, but it was with a small bank. And, and it's, it's the way it works, man. I mean, I'm telling you, at the end of the day, $500 million with Bank of America, and eventually I got their attention, but it took a lot of pushing to get their attention. It took like six months of pushing to get their attention with $500 million. So do you think they're going to care about the mom and pops when, it, when at the end of the day, they have a finite number of hours in a day to process these loans? No, they're not going to process yours. Right. They're just not, you know, and, I, and it's not, it's not about getting mad at them and it's not about shaming them. It's just the reality of business. At the end of the day, they're in it to make money. Just like you guys put up businesses to make money. Otherwise you'd be on the beach somewhere. So let me ask you a question, Les. Honestly. Yeah, Les, let me ask you a question. So let's say if, if somebody applied through like, you know, to those loans through like Bank of America or Chase, then the likelihood of them getting it is, is going to be like slim because they are, concentrating on those who have like the big, you know, accounts and a lot of stuff. Okay, before you answer that real quick, my accountant, he actually, and he didn't say this because of what you're saying, but I feel like it's might be similar. I charge. He that. said that cabbage, you know, that, that, uh, that company that it's an online, um, yeah. Know, so Eric, that's yeah. own servicing so company. I think cabbage. No, I've never yeah. heard of them. You, you know about them, Pedro, right? I, I do. And that's kind of what I was, that was my question after you, Eric, you said that maybe you shouldn't apply to different, different places, but I mean, I don't know, Laz, what do you think as, as you're getting more beer, I assume. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm doing, but I'm still talking. That was awesome. And your back says a lot to me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still see, I figured I was like, yo, Laz has to either one. Got to go to the bathroom. He's two. like, don't talk to me if it ain't about the mom and pops. <laughs> <laughs> and it was getting more beer. I called it. That's right. <laughs> that was awesome. Um, so, so I would yeah, so say. Do you think that, you know, as far as to applying to different places, like, if, for example, like where you're talking about as far as cabbage, I think they would still go, you'd have, still have to go through a process of applying. For example, for me, I had, so I bank with Wells Fargo. Mm -hmm. I'm a little upset at Wells Fargo. Hell yeah, I got it. I will be um, too, shit. Because that's the bank, you know, I bank with. And the only reason I banked with that bank was because we are a, l a large franchise. So my franchise was like, hey, you should bank with this bank because they have the capabilities, the ACH processes and all these things down. Whereas maybe you go to a smaller bank, not so not much. Not because they used to have horse and wagons back in the days? It, no, yeah. <laughs> maybe because they developed that process and now it's like... You know, but yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely right. It's it, 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 nowadays it's everybody has those processes. So right. this was in 2012 when I started my business. So yeah, now yeah, yeah. everybody has those same capabilities. So I can switch if I want to, but I just haven't out of convenience because I've been banking with them for the last, you know, over five years. Yeah. So if you want Pedro afterward, we can, we can always speak on offline. And I can tell you the bank that I've been working with and, and, and at the end of the day, take it or leave it. I got nothing out of it, but if I can help you, I'm more than happy to help. Sure. Um, but my but, question is, uh -huh. um, should you apply to more than one bank? Should you apply more than once period is what he's asking. Yes. For the PPP loan, for example. So I would say I agree with uh, DJ Effin, don't go crazy. But if you applied with one of these massive banks for you, let's say Wells Fargo, um, I would do it again with a smaller bank. I just wouldn't go everywhere. I'd pick, I'd go with a smaller bank and apply and then just wait it out and see if you hear from one of the two. I wouldn't okay. go crazy because the thing is, for example, and I have no idea, I'm hundred percent speculating here. So sure, with sure. one of these large banks, there's a possibility the SBA hasn't even seen your application because they You're have absolutely these, right. these large banks That's have so feel. many applications that it just takes time to process them. You're the guy asking for a $20,000 loan. There's all these other guys asking for so much more money. So they've processed theirs and it is what it is. So yeah. whereas if you go with a little bank, the SBA might see your application in the next two days. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I wouldn't go applying with every bank. I do agree with DJF and not to do that. Uh, but if you applied for with a huge bank to do a do over once and pick a smaller bank, I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. So okay. I would definitely so, do that. I would. So real quick, what I did, uh, I applied. So 
Wells Fargo didn't even have applications open. Like you yep. go, you know, you went to the website, you talk to people, they're like, no, Pedro, we ain't got nothing. Yeah. That, that's one of the reasons why my accountant was, was saying to go to Cabbage. He said that a lot of these larger banks were getting right. so overwhelmed, their system couldn't handle it. Exactly. They taking applications, they just so, couldn't. So Cabbage so have, wasn't, was still open. Their online process was still open, and that's why he, so, he pointed people there. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. With Wells Fargo, what ended up happening, from as far as I can understand, is that they just weren't doing it in the beginning only for select customers. Yeah, they're VIPs. Yeah, once they opened it up to everyone else, this is what happened. So this was my process real quick. I'll, I'll, I'll break it down real quick. <clears throat> I'm checking with Wells Fargo. I'm calling people. I'm trying to like, yo, look, I bank with you guys because what ends up happening is unless you're banking with people, then they were going to make you open up uh, an account with whoever it is in order to fund the, 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 the loan itself. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. There's no shame in it. At the end of the day, you help. They help you by getting a loan. Yeah. Uh, you help and you, them and by you having your, your money. With them. That's exactly. fine. I mean, I get it. That's good. Yeah. With me. No, of course that's, and that's their goal. Right. So, uh, I hit a Wells Fargo. Wells Fargo was like, fuck you. And I was like, okay, cool. So I went over to another bank. Right. Uh, what is it? CSN city national. city national city national was, was really personable. Um, you know, it's been a process, but still, at the end of the day, opening up, you know, opened an account and, and, and doing whatever it is that I need to do. But at so the you same did time, it with City National and you got the loan? City National, I haven't received the funds yet, but I'm in the process of opening up an account. But hold on, do you have an SBA loan number already? I don't have an SBA loan number, but it's oh, in the okay. works. Yeah. Okay. Um, but the, is that the same as the number I got when I applied through SBA and they gave you like a... Like uh, well, I, I don't know what you got, but I remember at the beginning, so I had heard, and I'm, I'm sorry, Pedro, no, uh, no, but just good. to clarify here, because it was a question I personally had. So when I had applied for loans, I was told by the bank that I was working with, hey, you've been pre-approved. We just have to get an account open because it was a bank I'm not banking with, right? right so right, we have right, to right. get an account open and we have to go through all this administrative crap. So I said, okay, that's fine. And then no. while we're working through all this admin stuff, uh, right. I started seeing all these headlines that the money ran out. So right away, yeah, I, yeah. I talked to the bank rep I've, the, the I've been working with and I said, hey, I'm hearing this stuff, but you're telling me I got pre-approved. Is, right. is, is my money earmarked in that money that they're saying is already used up or yes, am I out of gas? What's going on? Exactly. And I, just to put you guys at ease and any listeners, at the end of the day, if your money, if you were pre, and this is from me talking to the bank, if you were pre-approved, remember what I said earlier, the approval process is not the bank that, that, that approves or denies you, it's the SBA direct. So if you get a pre-approval, this is what the way the, the bank that I'm working with work. If you have a pre-approval, that pre-approval is direct from the SBA. So you already have an SBA loan number. The cash just hasn't been dispersed and you have to do some final admin stuff, but the money is already earmarked from their big pot. So you don't have to worry. If you read, and then after I heard that, I went back and reread one of the articles that I saw when they were talking about how the money ran out. And the wording that was used in the article was along the lines of that, like, 339 of the 348 billion dollars uh, 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 was already earmarked and it said it's something like that right but it necessarily didn't say that the money had been dispersed it just said that it has already been allocated so there so at the time those loans the the, the reality is the SBA probably had 80 percent of that money still in their hands it has already just been promised to to some loans that were coming up so if you have an SBA loan number, the money, you're already good. You just have to go through whatever's left in the process to get an account open to do all of these things. Mm. You just need to make sure you have an SBA loan number. And you can right. ask your banker, you can talk to your banker and say, hey, you told me that I'm good, but I want to make sure I have an SBA loan number. If they say yes, yeah. they can give you that loan number, then you are good. You just have to wait through to go through the process of opening the account, submitting the, the, the signature specimens for the bank account and all gotcha. that stuff that goes with opening an account. But you're already okay. So, so yeah. the number, the number is the key. the number is the key in getting the money. If they actually process all your paperwork, <laughs> the bank that you're working with, yeah. and they gave them, a loan number, correct? You got and a loan already. You're good. The money is already there. That money's for you. Have to do the whole process. I mean, that money says, 
Yeah, it says this $100,000 is for Socrates. Oh. Nobody touch it, and you're good. Got it. Yeah. Hey, look, got I'm going to take right. that Socrates money. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> I like that. I like that. So, all right. Um, yeah, so what I'll do is I'll go back to them because that is what they kind of distinguished in a not so, you know, obvious way. One was the loan has nothing to do with you opening a, an account with us. It does At the same time, if, those, if that loan doesn't get approved and then get funded into the account that I opened with you, I'm not going to fucking use you. I'll be honest with you. But the, yeah, but the reality, yeah, I agree with you. But the reality is that they cannot use you opening an account with them as a contingency for whether or not you get the loan, because at the end right. of the day, they're not the ones giving you the loan. So no, what they're saying, so what they're saying is that they, you don't have to, but you kind of should, but that at the end of the day, the decision is the SBA's decision is not ours. And so, so there's kind of that dance, right? In that gray area. So yeah. at the end of the day, um, they're right. You don't have to open an account with them, but all the loans that they're servicing and all the loans that they're funding are to their accounts, right? That's to their so, account, exactly. So, so for sure, Pedro, uh, Tiffany has my number. You can get it from her if you want to talk afterwards, man. Um, and, and I can give you just a little, you know, a little off the record uh, direction, at least from my experience. Again, at the end of the day, all these politicians and all these guys, they've done, they've done the best they can. I don't want to say all of them, but I'd like to think some of them have truly done the best that they could I have some uh, thoughts on that. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. I, I agree with you. I agree with you, man. But some of them have absolutely, I think, done the best that they can oh, no, with a very sure. limited amount of time. So yeah. this whole thing, man, it's, it's, it's up in the air, you know? And we're figuring it out as we go, and so is everybody. I mean, why did the IRS wait till today to issue that whole thing where any amount, you know, the whole thing with the expenses and the amount of the SBA, of the PPP loan, and to that extent, you can't use that to reduce your revenue, all of that stuff, that came out today. At least I saw the headline today, right? I saw it on various publications today. So that just tells me, that just tells me that today is when the IRS was felt comfortable enough to come out and publicly say some kind of ruling on this based on existing IRS regulation. Yeah. Today. And these loans have been out now for what, like two weeks, if you really think about since the beginning, which just right. tells me that everybody is shooting from the hip. But I don't even mean it in a careless way. They're trying to, the priority is to get the money out ASAP and then think about the, the how they're going to deal with it afterwards, which, which I'm also good with. I'm also good with because at the end of the day, we need the money now, not in six months when they can deal with other bureaucratic politics and all that stuff. So I get it, you know. I see Socrates over there taking a drink. What was yeah, that, man? They just brought me a, like, uh, what, what, what's, what's this? Oh, Some man, I see Tiffany. <laughs> what is it? What is that? Balls. Choya. Uh, yeah, Socrates had the, yeah. the ball drink. Uh, yeah, was, like the freaking, yeah. they gave me, like, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not having that shit. I don't know what the hell that so, is. So, Laz, it's basically, yeah. um, it, it, it's something that, Hmm. Did Eric get it from Japan? I'm not too sure, but it's basically a, a prune inside uh -huh. of sake. And right. It just looks like, I mean, imagine, you know, like a, a, like prune, a dried prune inside of a sake <laughs> thing. And it's, it, it just looks like, a, you know, it doesn't look good. <laughs> it's yeah. Not sexy. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not having that. I'm, I'm not even you should have it, Socrates. I think you should have hey, it for the show, bro. No, for the funny. show, man. Come on, sacrifice yourself for the show. For the show. So for, I'm gonna, I'm show. gonna, I'm gonna take another side note here, and I want to tell you guys what I'm drinking now. Thank I'm you. Bringing, I appreciate that. that. Switching it back to. Beer. So the label's cool, man. The, oh, you guys can't see it there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it's some cool skull with flowers coming out oh, okay. of it. I kind of see it. Yeah. Yeah, but it's uh, it's called it's from Crane Brewing, and it's called Crane. Thanos. Where's Crane from? I'll tell you now. It's here. It's uh, it's eleven percent alcohol, so it's it's definitely boozy. Um, <laughs> the beer's called That's Thanos. That's my kind of beer. Yeah, yeah. It's it's good, but it's you gotta like. like it's like. But you gotta like dark beer. I gotta tell you that you gotta like <laughs> dark beer. It's called well the the brewery is Crane Brewing, and this beer is called Th uh, the Snap of Thanos. No, Thanatos. Oh, okay. the but this is a port and bourbon barrel aged dark sour ale wow it tastes it's good it's hey. good 
but it's dark. If you don't like dark beers, you may not like it. It's a dark sour. Um, and it almost, it's, and I'm bringing it up now because of what Socrates is bring is drinking. It's almost like a prune taste. It's not, it doesn't taste like prune juice, but I can definitely think about prunes when I'm drinking this, <laughs> this dark sour for sure. They, for they, sure. They, they gave me, they gave me some more in here. Yeah, I don't know if you can see it. You, you always yeah. get the prune. You always yeah. get the prune. Yeah, that's, that's, I don't know, man. He's like, I you should I'm feel like, special. Like having that stuff. I mean, I like Socrates is trying to stuff. figure out whether the prune is good or bad. You know what? Like, um, I, 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 last since you're from this area, like, like us. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you've been to um. <laughs> We're all from this area, man. Yeah, it's Spanish Marie. I don't know if you've been to Spanish Marie, but uh, Socrates thinks that since we're on Zoom, like you live in Colorado, maybe. <laughs> and we need to do that, bro. We need to get people from other states so they can actually be with us here and mingle with us. But um, yeah, Tiffany's in 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 Japan or China, maybe. Yeah, so, somewhere over there, right? Somewhere in Asia. Yeah. Somewhere yeah, in Asia. But um, Spanish Marie had a not um, being racist enough. <laughs> Which was really good. Oh, that's, you know, I it was like, like that. really good. I remember, brother, when we last time we went together, we, we had that and it was really good. So, like, you know, I like, you know, fruity beers, but, but like drinking the, you know, having the 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 fruit itself, I'm not into that. Not hey, so think about now. tequila. Think about tequila and the worm, man. Maybe if oh, you drink, man, maybe if you eat that, maybe if you eat that, you're good, yeah. man. Just nah, eat that. Nah, not me, bro. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, no, and no, no. Tiff, Tiffany, uh, Tiffany's man, Jonathan is a mezcal king, so maybe you can Johnny bring mezcal. some mezcal. Johnny mezcal. Oh, Johnny mezcal. yeah, that's he some good stuff. You. Tiffany needs to let me know when he brings some of that stuff down. Oh man, I'll try some of that. Los Lobos, Los Lobos, something is really good. And last, yeah. one last yes. thing before oh. we, we actually signed up. Yo, hey, what's <laughs> like the bottom line? Yeah, hold on, let me just ask. Last, what yeah. do you recommend? What do you recommend to those who are applying or those who apply? So one thing I haven't said that I almost forgot to say is um, I remember hearing uh, from the banks at the beginning that there wasn't any clear guidance whether or not. So as, as you guys probably know, if you apply for the PPP, uh, the amount of the loan you will get approved for, assuming that uh, you get it, is going to be 2.5 times your monthly times. payroll. Exactly. So then I had a question, uh, what's payroll, right? Uh, are you talking about W2 employees? Are you talking about 1099 employees? Who are you talking about? Right. Because you look at the application process and then the application, at least the way that I got it from the bank I was working with, starts asking for things like uh, W2 summaries and all of these things that people that are working with US contractors aren't gonna have these things. And um, you do not have to be a W2 employee. This can include all of your employees, even if they're 1099 employees, which I think is huge. And I think people need to know that. Um, I know that the two companies that I'm working with, both of the companies have their payroll <clears throat> exclusively through 1099s. So yeah, they use ADP. So one of them uses ADP and all of that stuff, but all of their employees get 1099s. Nobody in either company gets a W-2. And in the application process, I was also, listen, I, I try to be honest. I value uh, my reputation. So in my application process where it asks for things like the W-2 summary, I put in a note saying all the employees of this company are contracted employees they're full-time employees but they're contracted employees therefore these employees all get 1099s and there is no w-2 summary available and i was very <laughs> honest and very upfront about that and the companies both still got the loans approved and both are funded at this point so yeah. i want to make sure that listen. it's very clear that you guys understand that if you have 1099 employees they can be included at least if they can't be included then the sba made a mistake but and approved two loans do you think they have to be full-time considered full-time hours uh well in both of my cases they were and so right, i said i said as such i said these employees are full-time employees they just so happen and they're there every day they just so happen to be on 1099s and they're not on w-2 so i do not have a w-2 summary to provide and then i have on hand available uh the, the 1099 summaries that you sent to the irs I have those on hand for 2019. So if they ask me for some kind of support on what I provided to the IRS, I am able to provide 1099 summaries that I already provided to the IRS as support for these amounts that I put in there. Listen, Lass is not an expert, but if you need any type of help or question, he could actually help you out. 
Well, he's a, give them give them all a, your uh, your Instagram account or something, so somewhere or sometime where they could actually um, get in touch with you in case they have a question. Please, man, if you could, if you if you can. Sure, absolutely. Uh, so I'll give two things. I'll give my email address and I'll give a work phone number as well. So my email address is Lazaro. That's L A Z as in zebra A R O at Alfaro A L F as in Frank A R O cpa.com and give me a second my work number is i don't know by memory is 305-857-5854 that's my work number man <laughs> Yo, you thank you yourself? very much and we'll make sure to put it in the description on the oh, podcast definitely. we will yeah, and, for and sure. you know what because and, tiff took notes yeah and you take know the, bottom line <laughs> the bottom line about this podcast is this so this is the bottom line, my brother. What's the bottom line, Socrates? Yeah, Be closer to the to your to your phone. <laughs> we're not experts, you know, but we need to help. You know, he's in a time, professional. He's literally crisis, an expert in, in he's this a certified public accountant, man. In this time of crisis, there is time of need. We yeah, need he's to not a YouTuber, Socrates. He's actually an accountant. <laughs> yeah, he is. He is. In this time of need, we need to help each other, and we need we need to keep small business alive. All right, yeah. because those mom and pops are the businesses that we always go to. Those are the businesses that are in our neighborhood, and those are the businesses that employ our people. All right, and, so I, and I will also say, it hits home. You need to apply. Yeah. You know, you need to try it. And, and look, man, the government is there to help us, but we have to help each other. And to help each other, you have to communicate with people that know it, like last, like you know, Pedro, like like Ari, so much. They know a little, if they know a little Aerie? bit, who's you know, Aerie? you, Eric, you know, bro, bro, stop, stop playing yourself. You need, so, you know, I, what I need them, to try is that mustache look right there. Question, you he's got the Fu Manchu the line, without yeah, the Yeah, yeah, I'm going to I'm start, like, growing That's that. That's the bottom line. The bottom line, son. Hey, hey look, at the end Thank you. Sucker, you got, this is the cutoff of the cutoff from Sucker. Hey, yeah, for real. <laughs> he's like, he's like, like, he's like, like George, <laughs> thank you for the beers. Hey, you're right, Pedro. This guy's a hype man. Yeah, cheers. he is. He's the best hype He used to work for the WWF. Cheers. Yo, cheers, man. Thank you for joining us, brother. Of course, man. 